scumbags! Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morency. Rage all you want. Level two, this is Sports Rage. I am Gabe Morency, the pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust up, and everybody else in between throwing it down as week 11 of the National Football League has one game left, and it's a good one. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Los Angeles Rams. We'll take a look at it and break it down a little bit uh, later on. Big man on campus, Barstool Sports in the house uh, with us. Kansas City escapes uh, Las Vegas, uh, but Las Vegas gets the cover. Good teams win, great teams cover. Kansas City 35, Raiders 31. Uh, Derek Carr 23 of 31, 275 yards. Uh, that wasn't good enough. I needed over 284 and a half yards, and he throws an interception on the first play of the last drive of the football game. Almost as frustrating as watching Valdez Scantling fumble the football for the Green Bay Packers. And, you know, the Green Bay Packers are a good football team. Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback. Uh, but it's pretty clear that this is a football team that can't string together enough wins to get to the Super Bowl. They're just not consistent enough. They just don't close the door enough. They either blow leads or the fact is, as good as Aaron Rodgers is, the comebacks are few and far between. He's hit a couple of Hail Marys on Monday night against the Detroit Lions, and people think he's a comeback king. He's not. Speaking of the Detroit Lions, rock bottom, or is it? Uh, with Matt Patricia, you know, I'm sure that they could fall further. An absolute disgrace. They get shut out by a Carolina Panther team who have one of the worst defenses in the National Football League. But uh, don't worry, the National Football League is going to give us the Detroit Lions once again. And I'm one of these people... I'm one of these people that say, no, no. When people like campaign and say, why are the Lions on TV on Thanksgiving? They shouldn't be on TV all the time. Like, you know, they should mix it up. And people talk about tradition and stuff like that. You know what? I kind of get it now. <laughs> I get it. But the fact of the matter is, we'll just pull the trigger and bet against uh, the Detroit uh, Lions. You know, they're just that bad. Matt Patricia's a clown. He's a joke. And, you know, it's a good thing that they fired Jim Caldwell, right? Uh, speaking of jokes, the NFC East is a complete train wreck that anybody can win uh, right now. Pittsburgh Steelers uh, still are undefeated. Baltimore's got problems, and they get Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's only laying three and a half. Number feels a little short, uh, doesn't it? Joe Burrow's done for the year. Uh, Patriots lose uh, to the Texans uh, today. We'll take a look at the Week 12 uh, numbers. It's some NBA. We're talking college basketball with big man on campus. Late Night Anger Management Class, Level 2, coming up. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Morency. Rage all you want. My name's Bobby and I am an addict. Hey, Bobby. Hey, Bobby. You know, you folks aren't here because you're gamblers. You are here because you are terrible gamblers. Hey, Bobby. These folks don't need to stop doing what they're doing. They just need to get better okay. at it. All right, let's roll. Level two. Continues. Good to hear Bobby Riggs once again, and it's fitting. We got big men on campus to help uh, guide us. College basketball is uh, set to tip off. No numbers uh, yet uh, for the games on Wednesday, and there's a ton of games on Wednesday, Thursday, etc. A ton of games. 
I don't know, big man. I guess the numbers, I would assume, they're going to be released probably Tuesday afternoon-ish, Tuesday evening-ish. You know, there'll probably be some offshore spots that pop up, but we don't deal with offshores. The legal places uh, will pop them up uh, on, you know, probably Tuesday. They don't want to get beat, right? And plus, there's still unknowns. Still unknown, especially in the COVID era. They're going to wait until the last possible second. Um, it's tricky for the odds makers as well. They have a ton of games to make point spreads for, big man. Have we lost big man? Oh, evidently we did. All right, we were on a roll. I'm here. I'm here. I'm sorry. Uh, there there sorry. you go. I was on, there, I was on, I was on mute. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, there's so many games, <laughs> Gabe. Um, you know, you obviously have to do, do your homework, go out and get, you know, find some information. Listen to my show. I have a two-hour show tomorrow where I go over pretty much all the conferences. But, you know, there are some games that are really interesting. Obviously, you're going to have to make sure you understand where the games are. You have a lot of these uh, tournaments and things like that. There are games that are just going to be played in gyms. Um, so understand, you know, is the game neutral? Is it a home game? What what What's the situation? There's a lot that goes into this. Make sure you're seeing all that stuff. All right. Uh, so looking uh, where we're talking about uh, some of the top teams, and then we'll get into some of the sleepers coming into the year, teams they are looking to bet on as underdogs, et cetera. Uh, but let's talk about Kansas. Listen, I thought last year Kansas were going to win the title. If, if like, we played the tournament and everything, I thought Kansas were going to win. But I think that every year, big man, right? So, like, if you look at my history, they're going to put it on my tombstone. I mean, Bills fan, Michigan fan, lost a lot of money betting on the Kansas Jayhawks for some reason over the years. So, I always think Kansas are going to win. I don't know if they're going to win this year, but they're pretty damn good. You look at that backcourt that they have. Every And every year, big man, Bill Self just finds a new big man to plug in here. I know he's got a big-time Juco transfer uh, coming in. What's your take on the Jayhawks coming into the year? Uh, I, I think they're a major question marks. I think the guard play is really good, uh, obviously with Garrett and Agbaji. And, you know, they have some guys that are really good in the backcourt. But I, I worry. I mean, you lose a lot of talent last year. You lose as of week A. You obviously lose Devin Dotson. He goes to the NBA. Um, you know, I think offense is a question mark. You know, how, how does how do the roles and it being a weird year? How do how do all these parts kind of get figured out? I'm not so sure they're a top five team. I, I I know a lot of people think they are. I'm not ready to say so. I think there's a lot more question marks. Obviously, they're they're you know Kansas and they'll get it figured out, and that's what Bill Self does. But I, I'm not so sure to just grant them an auto, you know, hey, top five team. Like I said, the Big 12 is very good. Uh, I think there are more intriguing teams in this conference than them. Uh, but there's plenty of depth. There's plenty of options here. And, and, you know, the cream generally rises to the top. So Kansas will be fine. Let's talk a couple of, about a couple of blue chips, uh, the Duke Blue Devils. So now it's more, more junior and uh, Matthew Hurt time. How good are these guys? How good are the Duke Blue Devils, in your opinion? Yeah, another team. You know, it's interesting, Gabe, this year. You know, the typical, you know, Kansas, Duke, uh, teams that you kind of expect, you know, they, they don't question have marks, those. Huh? Yeah, they have a lot of question marks. And there, there's not a guy that they don't have a Zion Williamson or an, an as of week air, guys like that. It's a lot yeah. of, you know, auxiliary pieces. And they're going to obviously kind of have to all come together. But, you know, there's some things about Duke, Jalen Johnson, top freshman, 
Uh, they have some kids coming back. You mentioned Hurt. They have a transfer coming over from Columbia. He's a good player, big kid. Wendell Moore's back. Um, but, yeah, it, it's going to be something for them where you know, they kind of use their offense. They'll be fine there. They're deep. They're talented. But like I said with Kansas, it's going to take some time. They're, they're bringing some new people in. They don't have that star factor necessarily this year. Um, they're another team that I think is good. I don't, I don't think great. They're not a top 10 team coming into the season, if you're asking me that. Not to me. Wow. Wow. You know what? I was thinking, of, not about top 10, but I was thinking the same thing about Duke. I'm like, yeah, they don't really have that that killer where it's like, ooh, they've got the best player in the country again or one of the top players in the country. What about Kentucky? All they do is, uh, is reload, and uh, they bring in this kid, B.J. Boston, who's one of the top uh, recruits. What can you tell us about B.J. Boston and Kentucky? Yeah, you know, B.J. Boston didn't uh, get a lot of love because he was with uh, the golden boy, uh, LeBron James Jr. at uh, at um, in, in high school, but you yeah. know, Sierra Canyon. But, I mean, B.J. Boston, I think outside of, you know, the SEC and the Big 12 have so many big-time kids. I mean, whether it's B.J. Boston or it's Cade Cunningham at, at Oklahoma State or Greg Brown at Texas, um, you know, B.J. Boston is legit. Uh, they have another kid, Terrence Clark. Uh, he's pretty legit as well. Uh, they have a kid, Olivier Sarr, coming in, one of the heralded transfers. They're going to battle it out with Tennessee, uh, and Tennessee's really good. I think, Gabe, I have Tennessee going to the Final Four. I think they're very good. You do, when huh? you look at Kentucky, I do, I do. When you look at Kentucky, though, they have some guys coming back. Keon Brooks is back. They bring in a transfer from Creighton, Davion Mint. Kentucky's real good, and it's really just going to be about, you know, as long as – Boston, Devin Askew, and and Clark can kind of integrate the right way, but you know it's it's normal stuff with Calipari. The difference that they've had in the last couple of years, they've had that kind of senior leadership. They have Sar, they've had guys in the past. So, yeah, Kentucky's going to battle that with Tennessee. Kentucky's of the three teams we discussed: Kentucky, Kansas, and Duke. Kentucky is the most interesting to me out of those three. I like where you're going with this Tennessee uh, big man because, you know, there were 17 and 14 uh, last year. So, you know, people are probably, some people are probably writing them off a little bit. Um, I'm just looking at the conference odds, Kentucky plus 120, Tennessee plus 350, LSU uh, plus 500. But talk to us about this Tennessee team. They returned three double-digit scores. And, uh, man, they got two guys that were in the top 20 big man at the guard, right? Uh, as far as Springer and Keon Johnson, they've done a great job recruiting there. Yeah, Springer's a kid that can score anywhere on the court. Uh, he is an elite offensive player. Uh, he's a McDonald's All-American. You put him next to Vescovi. Vescovi's an interesting kid. Uh, came in the middle of the season last year, struggled kind of integrating into the system, but he's a Uruguayan kid, typical South American guard, tough Go with the ball, good basketball IQ. Him and Springer are the perfect complement to one another. Vez Pons is, I think you make the case, is the best defender in the country. I think he is an elite defensive player. Fulkerson kind of adds that offensive element. Um, and they, you talk about transfers. They brought in two guys, Bailey and Anasike. Anasike, you're not going to know because he went to Sacred Heart, but he's a kid that can give you a double-double any night of the week. He's just kind of one of those dirty work type of kids under the basket that Rick Barnes will use uh, glowingly. Victor Bailey uh, sat out last year, but in 2018 was Oregon's top three-point shooter. This team is really good. They're really deep. They have plenty of guys that can come off and score. 
I'm really high on this group. I think for Rick Barnes, it's can you finally break through and make a run? They've, there's a lot of teams that can't ever break through and, and, and get to where they need to be. I think Tennessee is a Final Four type of team. Uh, I think they have terrific value. You can get them at 35-1 to 1 to win the tournament. Uh, that's way too high. Yeah, dangerous, very, very talented uh, team. So, big man, one thing I know about college basketball, betting it forever, and being a Big Ten guy is even when Michigan State are good, they always struggle to start the season. They always struggle to start the season, and they dial it up as the year goes. And I would expect this year to be no different, uh, big man. I know we're going to a break here, but, I mean, you you lose Cassius Winston. uh, You lose Tillman, Xavier Tillman as well. Those are two tough guys to replace, big man. Yeah, you know, another team uh, that, that I'm not as high on as a lot of people. Um, they got to kind of figure out what's going to go on at the point guard position, who's going to start and be that guy. Um, but Tom Izzo, normally cream rise to the top. They'll be fine. We'll probably talk about the Big Ten on the other side. A lot of intrigue in this conference. Yeah, we'll get to my Michigan Wolverines. Michigan, a basketball school. Let's rock. <laughs> Sports range, late night continues. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Knowing your appetites, I'm buying lunch for everybody on me. Oh, what's the occasion? I'm rich. I won my bets on the Rose Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, the Cotton Bowl, and I chunked it all on a hockey game, and I won that. All right, all right. How much did you win? 116 bucks. What a windfall. Yeah. Yeah, I still feel tingly. Late Night Anger Management class continues. I'm Arensi. Throwing it down. Big men on campus. Barstool Sports in the house. Read his blog. Subscribe to the podcast. It's big man's time of the year. This is why he was brought to Barstool to kick ass college basketball. And uh, we're ready to rock and roll. Uh, So the season's set to tip off uh, on Wednesday. Uh, We're just sort of going through some of these top teams. We're just talking about Michigan State. Oh, you know, I was going to say, all right, for people, we have a lot of listeners in the West Coast, although uh, Chicago big man has become our number one, um, seems to be like one of our top spots. So we're going to get into Illinois. And I'll tell you what, yeah, I'm old enough to remember, like, uh, when Illinois was good, man, in the old days. You know, Nick Anderson and Kendall Gill and Marcus Liberty and, you know, great, great, great players uh, Illinois had in the Big Ten. I think they're back. So we're talking about Michigan State. So, you know, I want to look at Michigan State's uh, schedule here. But, you know, guys, Michigan State are always sort of a slow starter. And they dial it up. They play a tough schedule early uh, normally. Not this year. So they open up with Eastern Michigan on Wednesday. They open up with Eastern Michigan on Wednesday. They play uh, Notre Dame on Saturday. What's your quick take on Notre Dame this year, big man? Unranked Notre Dame. Uh, They're just kind of a middling uh, ACC team. Uh, You know, there are some teams in the ACC. Notre Dame's kind of one of them. Uh, Miami's another one. Uh, I kind of have my eye on them as well. But, yeah, Notre Dame kind of just a a middling team to a bottom uh, ACC team. I I don't think 
either going to make much of a much of a move. But yeah, they got some talent, Notre Dame. And Juwan Durham, a good player. Prentice Hub. They've got some guys that have been there a while. Good, good. You know, you know, kind of uh, cohesive, experienced team that could provide important uh, to uh, to them. They're always very good offensively as well. Well coached. Uh, you know, you talk about well coached. Um... Yeah, I think you talk about college basketball coaches that would do well in the NBA. Uh, I think Mike Bray is a guy that would do well in the NBA. He's just, yeah, he's he knows basketball. Guy. He knows basketball. He respects players. He, I'm just telling you, like, I, you know, I know it's not happening and he's not a hot name or anything like that, but I, you know, Mike Bray could coach in the NBA. I guarantee it, guys. He'd be, he's a great coach. This guy's a great, great coach. Does it the right way there, too, uh, at Notre They're Dame. It's funny because. I don't like Notre Dame football, a lot of but I've always here. respected the hell out of this guy. Like, I don't like Brian Kelly. Like, Brian Kelly's a good coach, but he's kind of a dirtball, right? Mike Bray's a good coach, but a class act big man, in my opinion. No, he's one of my favorites. He had some really good teams, you know, a few years ago, you know, with Lou Karen Gody and, and Demetrius Jackson. Those were some good teams back then. But he's a great offensive coach, too. They're going to score a lot of points this year. I don't think they're very good defensively. So when you see Notre Dame games, if you get a good tempo on the other side, I would look over the number. Good offensive group always. Uh, talk to me about my Michigan Wolverines. Uh, Jawan Howard in his second year now in Ann Arbor. And, you know, they lose Xavier Simpson, but they have quite a lot of returning players here, big man, including a player. And talk to me about this kid that I think he might be one of the more underrated players in the country. Because in the fact that he's German as well, and I'm talking about Franz, uh, Franz Wagner here, hell of a player, big man. What's your take on this Michigan roster? They got a ton of guards on this team. Um, you know, the, 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 the kid, what's his name? Austin Day. This kid has been back. Austin Davis. Seems like he's been here for 15 years. Fifth-year senior. Talk to me about the Michigan Wolverines. Yeah, you know, my co-host on my podcast is a big Michigan fan. He he raves about Wagner. He, he thinks he could be better than uh, the brother. He didn't have a great freshman season. But, you know, Michigan really is talented. Shondre Brown is, is a really good player, getting him yep, eligible. You know, I, I, yeah, I like Livers a lot. I think there's some talent. Eli Brooks is a solid two-guard. But it really hinders on Mike uh, Smith, the, the transfer from yep, Columbia. Yep. If he can score at the Big Ten level, uh, Michigan's going to be just fine. The problem that Michigan has, Gabe, is over the years they've had Derek Walton. They've had uh, Xavier Simpson. They're really good in the pick and roll. They just know how to attack. If Mike Smith can be that guy, um, then Michigan will have a good season. But I wouldn't fret too much. They have the best recruiting class coming in next year. Uh, Jawan Howard is is doing it just fine there, and he's going to be there a long time. So if Mike Smith can play at a high level – I think that's why they have a lot of value. If you want to look at them in the futures market, particularly maybe even in the Big Ten, um, this is a good team. I think they're going to struggle, though, without crowds. The Big Ten's going to have a lot of issues. Rutgers is a team uh, that will struggle without a crowd. Purdue, Michigan. Uh, Gabe, Rutgers was 18-1 and last year at home. On the yeah. road, I think they were 2-9. So, yeah. yeah, so, you know, you have to have that home advantage. But, you know, it's all about Mike Smith. If he plays well, they'll play well. I've got confidence in him, big man. I respect the – I think Ivy League basketball is good. You know, listen, if you score 22.8 in the Ivy League, it probably translates to 12 in the Big Ten. <laughs> like, if this kid gives us 12 to 14 a game, right, look, he averaged 4.5 assists, but I think he can play. I think he can play. And 
I'm a Michigan fan, so I've been, you know, reading up on, you know, the, the, the scrimmages and the practices and everything, and he looks fine. There's no, like, they, they like what they see. You talked about Sean, you talked to us about Sean D. Brown a bit. I just like it. He's a tough kid. He's played elite basketball in the ACC, double-digit score in the ACC, brings a little toughness to Michigan. I think I think the issue that you have with Michigan and with Mike Smith is if you look at last season, Michigan ran pick and rolls on 38% of their possessions and often that's a lot. Um, if, if he can be the wizard that, you know, Simpson was, then, then I'm in. Uh, but I will say Mike Smith better at getting his own shot. He scored 23 points a game last year. Um, the kid can get buckets. Uh, but he's he's small. I mean, he's five eleven. He's a little guy, but he's a senior. He he's been there before. It's not like it. You know, you know the Ivy League. I mean, Columbia plays. I mean, Harvard, Yale. They play good out of conference schedule. So, I think it'll be just fine. It'll take some time. But the good thing about Michigan is, you know, you look at the season starting. I mean, they'll beat Bowling Green. Oakland is nothing. The, the schedule's not hard. They don't have any. I mean, honestly, Gabe, they may not lose until. The January 12th, that's their first real tough game. Michigan's schedule is laughable. So when you look at the schedule, it's the perfect <laughs> schedule. It's the perfect schedule for a young team. Even in the Big Ten, they don't play anyone we're talking about until January 12th. So it could be a fun Christmas until Christmas for Michigan. I like it. I like it. Big man on campus, Barstool Sports. So speaking of Michigan, I'll never forget big man. And I've seen a lot of basketball games, bro, over the years, as you know. One of the coolest and craziest things ever, and I was watching it live, was last year, Michigan and Illinois. At at Illinois, and the kid, I think it was, uh, what's his name? Dasamu? Dasamnu? Dasamnu, uh, um, yeah. Yeah, Dasamnu. So the kid, dude, it was one of the most vicious dunks in the history of basketball, right? He came in, like, he literally, like, just... I'm a Michigan fan, and, like, I cowered. I was like, oh, my God. Like, he came in. It was, like, the best dunk ever. I thought the glass was going to break. And I don't know if you remember, big man, he did a fist pump after. Like, he swung his fist, and he punched the referee in the head. <laughs> that you was Coburn that, that did that. The bi- the, was it the Coburn? Big did that. Yeah, was it Coburn? Yeah, he did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was great. That was one of the best things I've ever seen, man. He scores like this crazy dunk. Everyone on the team's like, oh, and he fist pumps and he punches the referee in the back of the head who gets knocked out, man. And the poor ref had to leave the game and everything. Oh, it was crazy. Uh, Crazy, crazy. I remember bitching at the time, big man, because I had money on Michigan. It was a bad pick. I lost. I remember I was bitching at the time. I'm like, how do you not kick them out of the game? He just punched the ref in the head. I don't you know, care if it's it, deliberate or not. You punch the ref in the head. It doesn't matter if it's it, deliberate. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that game because I remember Illinois was a pick'em in that game, and I remember I actually took Illinois. I just I really liked the spot for them, and and it, it ended up working out. But Illinois is a fascinating team, Gabe, because I think if when you look at everything they did last year, they were really good. And this year, I think they're better on the floor. Desumu and Coburn are both back. Um, they've got some guys that are really good on the wings. They've got some good young recruits. But the big issue for them last year, when you look at it, their numbers, 30% from three, Gabe, 30%. That's 310th in the country. That's horrific. You have to shoot the ball better. 
if they could shoot the ball better, get into that 34, 35% range, they're going to win a lot of games. They were 21 to 10 last year and shot 30% from three. So if they could just shoot the ball a little bit better and they brought some reinforcements in this year to do that, um, I think Illinois is a final four kind of team. They just have to shoot the ball better until they do. I have some concerns, but I think they have a lot to be excited about in, in Champaign. I'm really high on the Illinois. All right. So as far as for people on the West coast, uh, we talked about Gonzaga, but guys, man, uh, the West coast, man, there hasn't been a West coast champion since like what, like Arizona. And I'm like, it's, it's crazy. The, and you know, there's great basketball players out there. I just don't understand like the lack of success uh, from the PAC 12, but a team that looks like the best team at a PAC 12, are you buying in at Arizona state? I mean, they've got a little bit of everything, don't they? They got some returners, starters, They've got, you know, transfers. They've got stud freshmen. It's quite the mix that Hurley has here at ASU. Talk to me about the Sun Devils. Yeah, he really does. Uh, he's got some great guards, too. And Remy Martin, I mean, he's uh, been there for about seven years, I feel like, at this point. Just a, a young, little guy, water bug, diminutive player. Burge, a good player. They got Holland Woods, a kid from Portland State. Yeah, from Portland State, State. yeah. Yeah, really good, really good uh, score. Uh, I like them a lot. I wonder about the bigs. I don't love their bigs, but from a guard position, he's got to be excited, uh, Hurley. And this Josh Christopher kid is a five-star recruit. I, I like UCLA, though, in this conference. I tell you what, FSU lost a couple of studs, but all Leonard Hamilton does there is reload. All he does is reload, and people are already raving about Scotty Barnes. All right, hang in here, Big Man. We'll keep Big Man just for a couple of more minutes on the other side. Time's really flying by tonight. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. Oh, yeah, it's all set. They got the bug boy out. The bug boy? Yeah. The little fella's been riding his heart out. They're going to break his maiden. Really? Yeah, but it's a little slow out there. It rained last night. Oh, this baby loves the slop. Loves it. Eats it up. Eats the slop. Born the slop. His father was a mutter. His father was a mutter. His mother was a mutter. His mother was a mutter. What did I just say? Late night anger management class. 844-863-6879 as uh, we break it down uh, with big men on campus. Barstool Sports uh, in the house uh, with us. Just talking about Arizona State uh, right now. We're going to go to the phone lines uh, momentarily. But we're just talking about the West Coast a little bit here in Arizona State. Uh, dangerous basketball team. Should be a fun team. Uh, the Ducks. Ducks are interesting as well. And another team, I'm looking at the Ducks uh, roster here, and you want to talk about uh, transfers. Holy crap. Uh, UNLV, Rutgers, Duquesne, they brought players in from everywhere, big men. <laughs> they did. Yeah, they went out and got a lot of guys. I mean, they brought in uh, Amari Hardy from UNLV, LG Figueroa from St. John's, uh, Eric Williams, a kid out of Duquesne. Uh, yeah, there, there's, there's tons of talent on this team. Um, yeah, I, I I was surprised that they were plus 435 to win the Pac-12. 
I like UCLA. They're probably the team that I think ultimately wins it. Um, but I just wonder how Oregon gets on without Pritchard. Uh, Pritchard kind of did so much for them for so long. Yeah. Uh, I just wonder. But, you know, Duarte no, had a good Celtics. season last year. Yes, correct. Um, I still think Ohio or UCLA I like a little bit more. I just think defensively, I really think they bought into Mick Cronin. But, uh, yeah, Oregon looks really deep. They look like they can score, and they've got a ton of transfers. It's just a question of how do they all kind of cohesively coexist. I wanted to bring it up earlier, too. Azubuke, uh, the kid from uh, from Kansas, if you're wondering where he ended up, uh, he's with the Utah Jazz, uh, with the Utah Jazz uh, right now. So, uh, big man, I want to ask you about, and let me, just quickly about Rutgers, and it's a great point that you raised. And we're going to bring Big Card Julio in from Chicago, actually. And Big Card actually is the play-by-play voice in Chicago State. So he knows college ball, but let me just say about Rutgers, big man, great call that you just stated. They were a dominant team at the rack, right? The only time they lost, I guess, was to Michigan, I think. They were a dominant team at the rack. Without fans, that does change them. All right, let's get Julio in since it's loud here with Julio. What's up, Julio? On the road, I hear. What's up, Julio? Yeah, hold on. Yeah, maybe that's better. I had my headphones on. But it's crazy to believe, it's crazy to think that college basketball tips off on Wednesday for those that play college basketball with everything going on with college football, the NFL, quick PSA, be wise. Don't, don't go crazy. Don't overdo it. Maybe even step back, watch a few games. Let, let the board come to you uh, with the holiday season. Don't blow your bankroll on crazy point spreads or uh, a Siena game that you don't even know about. So be patient. Let the board come to you. I'm excited for college basketball. I get to see Illinois in person on Thursday morning, I believe. Does that team have national championship aspirations? With no doubt about it. I've been impressed with what Brandon Underwood has been been doing in Champaign over the last couple of years. And, yeah, it'll be intriguing to see what happens this year. I don't think a blue blood will win a national title this year. That's one of my predictions. Who's going to win? That's a toss-up. But I don't think a blue blood program will win a national title this year. A couple of props, games that I'm looking at on the board for tomorrow's Monday night football game. I thought I was hallucinating at first, but then again, I looked at the board again, and I wasn't hallucinating. Scotty Miller over seven and a half yards tomorrow night, minus 112. He's gone below six just twice this season. I'm willing to take that bet. Scotty, Scotty Miller over seven and a half yards tomorrow night. Cameron Brayton. I thought I was hallucinating again, but I wasn't. Over nine and a half receiving yards, minus 112. He's been sort of the nice secondary blanket for Tom Brady. Over the last couple of weeks, he had 31 yards last week against Carolina. So those two are interesting plays. I think the Rams' defense are going to stop some of the key weapons for Tampa Bay, which is, again, why I like some of these secondary receivers with such low numbers. I like Tom Brady under 300 and a half yards passing. He's only gone over the number just three times this season. Again, I'm really impressed with the Rams secondary. He may have some problems, which is why I think he'll throw an interception at minus 124. And on the soccer pitch tomorrow, Burnley Crystal Palace. I like Palace at plus 200. Give me the draw plus 210 under two and a half as well at minus 175 and even a draw first half and uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers the win tomorrow on the money line under two and a half goals draw first half in that matchup gentlemen you guys have a good week big card Julio now you see big man why we call him big card Julio (laughs) 
<laughs> Great yeah, stuff, uh, that's, Julio. Uh, that's <laughs> a lot of plays, man. Uh, good luck to him. But What are you yeah, thinking you of a soccer place? You know, I, Gabe, I've been betting mostly Serie A this year. That's kind of been where my attention's been. Uh, I've been kind of giving that all, my all. I've just been kind of dialed into it. Um, you know, anytime you bet Burnley Crystal Palace, uh, I don't know, it screams one-to-one to me. Um, but, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I've been kind of all into Serie A this year, though. I'm with you. I just sort of jump in. Whenever I see these, um, I'll blindly jump in on Monday afternoons, big man, on the unders in these sort of scrub English games. <laughs> you know, I mean? I'm like, ah, I don't have no capping, no nothing. I'm like, yeah, I'll just take the under two and a half here, and uh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll hope, I'll hope for the best. Uh, that's Scotty Miller. That's a that's a low number, seven and a half, right? I mean, it's a catch or two, so I can't I can't argue that. It's a tough game tomorrow. It's a tough game, guys. But I'll tell you what, big man. The Rams are road warriors, man. The Rams are road warriors. People don't realize it. And you talk about Jared Goff. I am a Goff fan. It seems like Goff and McVay are just so joined at the hip that they're, they need both of them to be well. Like, sometimes Goff gets blamed, but the play calling is bad. Like, McVay can sometimes be a genius, and sometimes, like, he's, he's stubborn, and he can't figure things out. So you're sort of they're a hit or miss team, but I don't really fully buy into to, to Tampa, big man. And I think the Rams are just a real deal. I think the Rams are the real deal. Getting points to me very attractive with the Rams. I agree. I don't think you could have said it better. Well, there, there we go. There, case closed. Clay, <laughs> case closed with big man on campus. All right, big man, we'll get you out of here. Any other team? So. How about a couple of, uh, you know, how about a couple other teams that, you know, aren't big-name teams? Like Richmond Spiders pretty good this year, aren't they? Who are some of these, like, mid-major teams or whatever that, you know, when we're getting points early in the season here, we can be taking a look at? Yeah, I'll give you two teams. Uh, West Kentucky, very high on them out of Conference USA. Uh, they have a kid, Charles Basie. I think he's one of the best big men in the country. I think he's a bona fide uh, star at the next level. He's a matchup nightmare. No one can guard him in the Conference USA. They actually have an interesting game, game one against South Dakota State. That'll be a fun game. West Kentucky game, it wouldn't surprise me if they make it run. I, I think they're Loyola Chicago type of good. I think they really have a run in them this year for Rick Stansbury. They have a really deep team, great guard play. I'm interested to see what they do. I'll actually go to a team in the Power Five that I'm very high on, Texas. I really like Texas. I think they could throw a wrench in the Big 12 plans this year for some of the big boys. Gabe, they have a kid on their team this year, a kid named Greg Brown. And I'm yes. not I'm not saying this lightly. I mean this with every fiber of my being. He might be the most athletic individual I've ever seen in basketball. I think he's the greatest dunker I've ever seen. I think he has the Zion Williamson type of ability. And I'm not just saying that it would not surprise me if next year he's a lottery pick. I think he's that good. His uh, tape, I actually sent it to you. It's one of the most amazing six minutes you'll ever see. He's incredible. I think Shaka hit it out of the park. He's the best recruit they've had since Kevin Durant. Uh, They've had some good ones at Texas. Texas is really interesting. The only thing that's going to kind of get in their way is He's from there, too, big man. He's from there, too, right? He's a local kid. I'm glad. So, yeah, I wanted to ask you about Greg Brown. What a cool name, too. Sounds like a rapper. (laughs) Great name, Greg Brown. (laughs) Great, great name. As you stated, 
I can't just help but think of Kevin Durant when I look at the kid, right? Yeah. No, he's he's incredibly athletic. He is um if you haven't seen him and you're out there, you like college basketball, go check Greg Brown out. His tapes are really just incredible. I, I think you're gonna be he's gonna be a household name by the end of the year. Like I said, Shaka Smart is the one knock there. I just don't I'm not a big fan of his, but I don't know how he can screw this up. They have a pretty good starting five. Uh, I'm fascinated to see. They bring everyone back. They didn't lose anyone, and they get Greg Brown. Uh, I think they're going to throw some, uh, some, some, some wrenches in the party plan to some of these teams. So keep an eye on Texas as well. Could uh, shock at a big price. You brought up uh, – I'm glad you brought up UCLA, actually, and, and Mick Cronin, uh, or Big Card Julio and Mick Cronin. And um, – you know, I know Mick Cronin, actually. I did TV shows with him before. So I actually know him personally and stuff. And, you know, great coach at Cincinnati. I thought, you know, well, actually, great coach, good coach at Cincinnati. But I thought I thought he was a bad fit for UCLA big men. And, you know, I was like, this isn't going to work, dude. He's got a bunch of West Coast kids that want to run and gun. This guy's stubborn. He's stuck in, like, the 70s and 80s with his style of basketball. It won't work, and it was a disaster to start the year. They were terrible. Well, they weren't terrible once the year started going big, man. They were damn scary. Does that continue into this year with this UCLA Bruin team? It looks like I was wrong, because at the end of the year, UCLA were balling. I don't think people realize, I mean, how hard it is to take that style to that school. I mean, it's that sun-drenched, you know, California. It's kind of flashy. Um, it, it's hard to teach those kids that have that that kind of mindset that you know we can just do what we want and you know we're we're not going to defend and we're not going to do that stuff. Mick Cronin doesn't take that kind of stuff. You know he, you're going to have to defend if you want to play on his teams. And you know they slowly started to believe. If you look at UCLA last year, they got progressively better as the season went on. Uh, they have a bona fide point guard in Tiger Campbell, kind of an old school point guard. Um, they went out and got some shooting this year. They bring a kid, Johnny Juzang, in from Kentucky. He can shoot it. David Singleton, uh, good player as well at the two guard. Chris Smith, I think, has the ability to be, um, you know, the best player in this conference, frankly. I think they're really good. They're deep as well. You know, they have a kid, Jalen Hill, Gabe. He was the kid involved with uh, Leangelo Ball in that shoplifting incident. Uh, many oh, years ago, out in, <laughs> yeah, him and Cody Riley out in China. So they're still on this team, and hey, good for you know, them they're, for they're not just, quitting, like the ball did. Like good for him for toughening it up. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, they're they're a few years older now, but you know everyone's starting to believe in Cronin's system, and I think the sky's the limit for them. Cronin is is really, I think, building something out there, and good for him. He's a good basketball guy. If you know anything about his father, he was a great basketball coach. Uh, in Cincinnati, he's a uh, Mick Cronin, a tough guy. He's he's one of those guys on the corner. He's the white kid with all the all the dudes yeah, yeah. out in the corner. He's he he's banging it out just like everyone else. He's a tough dude and big horse better too. Big, big horse handicapper. He he loves the ponies. He bets the ponies. Oh yeah, yeah. That yeah, yeah, doesn't yeah. surprise uh, me. I think yeah. he's from so, kind of that Southern Ohio, so that doesn't surprise me. All right, all right, man. Thanks for your time tonight, big man. Time just flew by. Arizona State and Baylor play on Wednesday. Great game. I got to lean with Baylor here. Just, you know, Arizona State talented, but Baylor's got more of the same from last year with the four guys. Would you agree with that? 
Yeah, I think it's close, though. I'm seeing like a six-and-a-half-point number probably for that game. I think it comes down to the wire. Arizona State's guards are good. That's a I little high, yeah. I appreciate it, Gabe. Thanks for having me on. Big man on campus uh, with us, San Diego State and UCLA. I tell you what, uh, Malachi uh, Flynn, great player. Toronto Raptors, Masai Ujiri knocks it out of the park again. Late-night anger management class continues. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Quickest 120 minutes in sports, screaming a warning. Thanks to big men on campus, Barstool Sports in the house. Rams and Bucks throwing it down Monday night to football. It's nice to actually have some quality primetime games, including uh, this one. We got Pittsburgh and Baltimore on uh, Thursday. Uh, Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers now laying four and a half points in this game. The total is 48. We talked earlier about Sean McVay's success and Jared Goff's success on the highway, Judas Priest style. Heading through the highway. Got nothing to lose at all. Well, actually, you got your money to lose. So, uh, But uh, the Rams, uh, Rams 11-4 and four against the spread the last 15 road games. 11-4. Um, uh, they were actually on a 9-2 and and run, uh, but uh, there's been a couple of stumbles along the way. That Miami game uh, didn't play well uh, in Miami. So tune in to Game Time Decisions on these radio stations and these uh, video platforms and all that stuff. Sports Grid, get on the grid. Uh, We'll be on at 6 o'clock Eastern, breaking down uh, Monday Night Football. But I'm going to be on the Rams. I'm going to tease this game. Rams plus 11 and a half. You got over 48. I'm going to go to the over. I I like the teaser a lot to over uh, 41 there. Pretty crazy. These teams actually played uh, last year. And Tampa Bay beat them 55 to 40. 55 to 40 uh, last year. And the total was 48 and a half. It went over. All right. We promised a week uh, 12 uh, line check. Uh, we always like to try to get ahead of the number here. And Paul Bovey will help us break it down tomorrow. So four and a half, 48 tomorrow night. Thanksgiving. Uh, the Houston Texans are minus two and a half. Are you kidding me? Minus 130. Deshaun Watson against these losers. Give me the Texans to win this game. Uh, Washington is uh, getting two and a half at Dallas. Suddenly, the, all these piece of crap teams are in the, in the mix for the division. Total is 48 in the Dallas-Washington game. Me and Cam Stewart are going to be on live uh, during that game. Uh, Baltimore, now, wow. Pittsburgh are only minus three, total 46 and a half. Cardinals, minus two and a half against the Patriots. Panthers and Vikings. Vikings, minus four and a half at home. Uh, the Browns lay six at uh, Cleveland. Chargers, plus five and a half at my Buffalo Bills. Miami Dolphins, minus six and a half at the Jets. The Giants minus four and a half at Joey Burrow less. Cincinnati, Tennessee plus three and a half at Indy. Saints minus five and a half at Denver. Rams minus six and a half against the 49ers. Other than that, you're on your own. Later. Later.